0: Okay, we are in Sefer Megillas Esther, Perig He, Posuk Aleph, by Yehi, by HaShlishi. And as we've said before, if you like suspense and drama with your Navi, and whom of us does not, Perik hey, it does not get much better than that. So what is also interesting is that when you see the shot, the simple meaning, which is very, you know, understandable, and then you are hit with layer and layer of subtext by Mepharshim and Chazal that just make you think a second and a third way about the actual meaning. It becomes a very fascinating, if not confusing, study. So we saw that Queen Esther, after she receives Mordecai's rebuke decides, yes, order the nation or the people of Shushan to fast for me. I and my maidens will fast as well for three days, and then I will go in. We know that if you go in unsummoned and the king does not extend his golden scepter to you, you are dead. You are to be killed. I will do it. So... We begin by Yehi Bayom she at the end of the third day of the fast, and the Mephoshim tell us that is the first day of Pesach, Batilbash Esther Malchus. Esther puts on Malchus. Malchus is determined or decided to be her royal robe. She takes her best royal robes. But then you've got the question, so why would it say big day Malchus? What is Vatilbash Esther Malchus? She wears her royalty. The Mephoshim say at that moment, Ruach HaKodesh descends on Esther. Because of her sacrifice or intended appeal to the king, she has gotten Ruach HaKodesh, the Malchus of Ruach HaKodesh. And it is from this sentence that the Gemara adds Esther as one of the seven female prophetesses from this, she is considered a Navi, a, navi, a Naviya would be the correct pronunciation, and she goes in. She stands before the Khotzer, the king, the courtyard. The Gemara says, Ein amida ella When you're standing there, she stands, and she is, of course, understandably. Concerned, terrified, uh um, frightened, and so she is praying. She is standing Shonasre Bachatseh Bes Hamelech Hamis on the inner courtyard of the king, Nochach Bes Hamelech, opposite where the king is sitting, Bahamelech Yosheva Kisei Mahuso Bes Hamakus Nochach Pesa Habayas. And the king is sitting on his throne. Facing the outer courtyard where she is standing. by as Esther. And when the king sees Esther Hamalka, it pleases him. He sees the queen, she's unsummoned, unbidden, but he loves her. He's delighted to see her. He extends that golden scepter that is in his hand. Esther enters, touches the head of the scepter, indicates she is now under the royal protection. It's simple, happy to see her, no concern required, not what Chazal say. Chazals say that his initial reaction, Ahasuerus, is pure fury. He is outraged that this woman dare come without being summoned and is standing before him unsummoned and unbidden. And he is thinking very seriously about the death penalty. He's, he's going to have to kill her. And suddenly the Mephorsians say what the Kodesh Baruch did was by Yafyeha? He's made her beauty even more beautiful to Achash She took on an aura of just beauty inner and outer, and suddenly he transforms. He rethinks of it. In other words, he was really going to kill her, according to the most fortune. Now he extends the scepter, and Esther Vatigan, she touches the tip of the scepter. Malach Esther Hilly, question
1: Where would the Mephoshim get that idea? It's not in the how Megillah know, How do you see it in the What What is the word that triggers his, his malicious intent? Vayih? Um, Vayih is a
0: lesson of the sort of Tsarovs.
1: Sort of very
0: good. Yeah. That's one of the theories, Vayih, that whenever you see the, the word Vayih, like uh, Megillah Esther opens with Vayih, the Gemara says can be nothing but trouble. The trouble. It it signifies it's trouble. Excellent. In any case, he now summons her in. And look, he's not a total idiot. His calculation mentally is if this woman is coming to see him unbidden, unsummoned, risking certain death, she's got to have something on her mind that she wants of him. And he says to her, ma bakashaseh, what is your request? What is it that you've come here to ask? Up to half the empire I'm prepared to give you. Rashi and others point out is that the halfway point is the base HaMikdash. Don't. Asked me for the restoration or the continuing the rebuilding of the Beit hamikdos That's how an implacable foe he is of Israel. He says, but don't think about discussing the Beit hamikdos with me. And Esther answers him. If it's pleasing to the king. Question, Hillary. At this point, Achashverosh doesn't know that Esther is a Jew right so why would he think she'd be coming to him about the beta mikdash it could be that he knows the connection to mordechai and that one he thinks that that's maybe what's on her mind or her agenda or two he is such an implacable anti-semite that he thinks anybody that comes in to talk to him i'll give you anything but don't ask Beit on mikdash you know well, it, it could be well several factors, the most likely is he knows there's an association with Mordechai, and that could be it what her request is so she I says
1: see so, you know, he was the king of we so go from India to Ethiopia. Ethiopia. Is that covered? Is that not halfway? Yes. No,
0: it really isn't. In other words, Rashi is using a little metaphorical liberty there, but (laughs) it's not. It's not the halfway point. She says, if it is pleasing to the king, I will discuss it, not now, but at a banquet later today el ha lo, that I am making low for him. Two things the Meforshim call to your attention: Yavo If you take the first letter of each word, it forms an acrostic for Shem Hashem. So when you say that Hashem, Hashem doesn't appear in Megilas Esther, there's Hester upon him, right here is a proof, Yogo Hamelach, HaHomon Hayom is Hashem, El HaMishteh O'Sher O'Sisi Lo, that I am making for him. What, who is him? Is it a Is it Haman? Is, is it something else? And that is part of her plan her plan is to create a doubt to create a doubt in Haman in that he is he is being summoned alone to create a doubt as we're going to see later Chazal say that perhaps there is a relationship between her and Haman that the king is going to become very jealous in other words that would be his mind, that maybe there is some sort of secret relationship between Haman and the queen. And she says, asher osasah lo. By er king ha is as impetuous as ever, says ma Haman go, get Haman, get him ready, la-sosah es Esther, to do Esther's bidding. the Haman el asher saw Esther. She, They summon him. He comes that very afternoon, probably to the banquet that she is making there, and that is her agenda. Her agenda seems to be to create a false sense of comfort in Haman, to create a suspicion in Achashverosh, to play one off against the other, and to have them there and to. Just completely strip Haman of any anxieties that, look, he knows she's a relationship with Haman, I'm sorry, with Mordechai. This will comfort him. This will just lower his guard, as it were. And so they go to the banquet. And now the king, all right, they're at the banquet. Again, she had to have something that she wanted to even dare come to his inner chutzel. And so he renews his request. Masha What is your request? I will give it to you. What is your petition? Again, up to half the empire, It will be done. But point out the semantic difference between Sekh and Sheila Sekh is something one asks on behalf of himself. Bakashaseich is a petition for others. Either one, he says, it will be done, whatever it is. Vatan, Ester, Vatomer, sheilasi, v'vakashasi. I am going to tell you what both my sheila is and my Bakasha. Im Motsasiin and now she drops a bombshell. Im Matsusi Hein Baine Hamelech Bimhalamelach Tov La Sash Shelasi Lasosis Bakashosi if I found favor in the eyes of the king. And the king is ready to grant my request and my petition. Yovo Hamelach for Hamon El Hamishte Asher Asella Ham Umacho Esekidvar Hamelach. Come to a second banquet that I will make tomorrow, you and Haman, Asherah Selahem. Notice the switch in noun from Lo to Lahem. Who is she talking about? Is this Haman? Is it Ahasueros? Is it both? What is going on here? And I will do this tomorrow, and according to the word of the king, I will explain fully my Bakasha. And there's a hint there, say the Mephoshim, I will even explain that which has eluded the king, his obsession with my origin and national background. And now the Gemara and the Mephoshim, puzzled as we are, what is she doing? Why is she making a second banquet? Why doesn't she just take care of her agenda at the first banquet? The Gemara in Megillah tough Tesvav Amud Beis gives no less than 15 reasons by the outstanding Tanoim and Amorim in the Gemara. Each one gives a different reason what is Esther's thinking about here. And it is very complicated, it is very numerous. Just to give one that's one of the favorites let me read it to you that Rabbi Yeshua Ben Karcha Says, "Asbirlo panim who Very convoluted. I will give him ahasreros suspicion that Haman and I, literally, are having an affair, are romantically involved. Then he will have to kill Haman. He will have to kill me. And by killing, and I'm willing to sacrifice, that's the kind of Messiros Nefes she had. And I, by doing that, Haman dies and the proclamation becomes void. Because if the, one of the signatories of the proclamation dies, it is nullified. In other words, that's Second how deep her thinking is. Yes?
1: That's not how it happened in the end. You have to send writers out to arm the Jews to fight against them. Haman's death didn't stop the proclamation it does.
0: Like the rule in Persia is that if the,
1: the. But he was killed and the proclamation was still on its way.
0: So then they have to defend it, that's true. But that was. thinking. with
1: Esther dead, Her thinking
0: worse. was that maybe Achasreiros would nullify it then. With Haman dead, Achasreiros would nullify it. I know. Hey, there are 15 of them right, all right. over the place. I'm life. saying,
1: according to that one shot, that would be worse because that would have made this, that would have made this, this story worse. Yeah. Nobody would have been able. They needed to send. They needed to send um, defenders.
0: Well, uh Remember when
1: she comes to him a second time and she throws herself down to her, and she says, "I have to. Lavi is Haman. I have to undo the wickedness of him. Now, had she been dead and Haman been dead, right? And that would have. I mean, you know, maybe Mordecai could have came to the aid. I don't
0: know. Uh not I'm all right. I'm reading. That the decree, the Gemara in Tanis, Chuf Tess, says that even after a decree is promulgated, if one of its protagonists dies, the decree dies with him. Rashi says it also. So that Haman's death would bring about the nullification of the decree. That's Rashi. So that
1: would look be a kasha on Rashi, on the whole. Because, because afterwards, you mean... We have to undo what Haman already did. But he's dead. Right, and yet they still have to go through. He gave him his ring. And she wrote counterattack counterattack proclamations, that the Jews can arm themselves and fight back. Right, so in other words, how do you reckon? All right, it's a so But I think, you know, the, 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 there was no cell phones, right? <laughs> <laughs> they, they in order for information to be disseminated throughout the Persian kingdom, someone had to actually physically
0: Yeah, they had to be couriers
1: and then courier. the people had to accept it, right? They you know.
0: So so yeah. But it, it's a good question. It's, it's an opinion, but homework. We'll do research yeah. on. In other words, how do you how do you, how do you reconcile you refresh, right? The, is it nullified? If it's nullified, then how come Hamam is dead already Well, and it's, it's not nullified? N-
1: it's probably not self-effectuating, put it that way, right? It's,
0: it's, he's dead, so his decree has no effect, right? but someone has to put, it. You know, yeah. But you assume enact it, it, right? All right, we're going to have an answer for maybe, you. Maybe the
1: simple answer could be very simple. In this particular case, well, it would be still a question on Rashi, but maybe more if I would have just stepped in. What I would have stepped in and said, look, we have to undo it. If you killed Laman and you killed Esther, she was furious that much at her. So at least i got to step in to stop what's
0: going on Alright, we will research that. Now, again, 15, oh, and I, I really urge you to read them. Some of them are just fascinating. What was Esther's thinking? And the Gemara concludes, "Ashkache Rabba baravu al Yahu, Rabba baravu met Eliyahu Hanavi, and says, Of of all these 15 reasons, which was the one that's right? What was the motivation to invite on? Amale Elijah answers, They are all right. All of them are correct. There's one beautiful one where Why is she making another Mishkat machar is that Amalek cannot be beaten Hayon today. If you look at it, Moshe, when he fights Amalek with Yoshua and Hur holding up his hands, he says machar, they will be beaten Amalek. When Shaul is told to kill King Agag, they say machar to Harod as Agag. Somehow, you do not take on a mole today. It's mochar, and that is, could possibly be one reason she is having that second banquet. Um, so now, Ahasverosh is absolutely wild with suspicion. What is this about? Um, and tomorrow, I will do according to the king's wish. He is jubilant. He he is over the moon, Haman. This is it. He is being invited, just him and the king, to a second consecutive banquet. However, He goes out. He sees Mordechai in the gates of the king below. Come, he doesn't move. He doesn't move, he doesn't flick an eyebrow, he doesn't show recognition, he doesn't nod. His rage erupts, which is a very strong verb he withholds himself because save a fortune he wants to kill Mordecai on the spot right there so angry is he and yet somehow uh, he filters it by saying wait I'm the prime minister of the Persian empire how does it look if I'm killing some old Jews strangling him in the courtyard including without the king's permission he's a minister of the king and so he overcomes it And he goes to his house, uh, and he is fuming. He brings his friends together, and for the first time we meet Zeresh, his wife and Hamon tells them, and we just get the feeling they've heard this story before. As Ashro about his wealth, his honor. Vero he has many sons, and he's bragging about them. gidlo how the king has raised him above every other tsar in the land. Nisu the abde Hamelach, he has elevated him. It's wonderful. He's at the height of his power. Ayomar Hamon Esther Moreover in addition to all this I'm the only one Esther is inviting Osi today she invited me tomorrow I am the only guest on the list ani karula just me or I and the king the holza notwithstanding all of this in any it is not worth anything to me. And from this, we learn the lesson. The Mara says that, Someone who lusts for covet, there are no limits, there are no boundaries. In any other form of lust or obsession, it can be satisfied, food. You get tired of food, you get filled. Um, Women, you've had enough of women. Others say, even wealth has its boundaries. Covet is without bounds. You just have no limits to the covet, and that is what's killing him. In other words, he's got all this, and this old Jew sitting in the courtyard that won't get up to just acknowledge him, that makes all of this nullify. Um... Every time I see him, you'll But above. Here's what to do, and it's Zeresh that comes up with this plan. Make a tree or a gallows. Uh, Fifty amos would be over seventy-five feet. That's a giant. Gallows. Then go to the king and ask him yitlu at Mordechai a love. In other words, build a gallows. Tomorrow we go in the morning. Tell him you want to hang Mordechai. Get the permission. You'll see the party will be a relaxed, wonderful triumph for you, and he likes the idea. By ha'etz. He does it, and that again shows the length of hatred. The man is a multi-millionaire. He's got servants all over the place. He builds the tree. And now the question is, why a gallows? You pick other methods of death that are maybe faster, more antiseptic. The reason is, Mephoshim's saying, if you go back in our history, with avraham being saved from or caused him from the furnace yitzchak being saved from the sacrificial altar yaakov being saved from cherub um yosef being saved from the pit and onward and onward but there's never been a case of someone being saved from the gallows For some reason, the gallows is sure proof. Why does she want to make it that tall? The idea is, and that's going to be part of the downfall, that it should be visible from where Haman is sitting in the palace. You can see that far in the distance and that will just heighten his enjoyment. And so Haman proceeds to construct the gallows at that very moment, and we will see us propelling in a trajectory towards his ultimate downfall, 8.45 a.m. Monday morning. You will not want to miss it. Be there. Ad Khan.